Revelations chapter 20, I want to read one verse of Scripture, verse 6. As the Word of God said, Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. I want to preach and teach tonight for a little while on the millennial reign of Christ. But before we start studying about the millennial of Christ, I want us to just take a quick rundown and a quick look at the events that's taken place to get us to this point. As we begin to look, we can find the first event that will take place will be the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as He steps out on those eastern skies and the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first and then those that remain shall be caught up in the air together with them to ever be with the Lord. The second event is take place is the transformation of the saints, the resurrection of the dead in Christ, the translation of the church. The living saints shall be changed and the dead saints resurrected and they shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. The third event that will take place is the rising of the Antichrist and the beginning of the tribulation period which, is the, which will last for seven years. The fourth event that will take place is the battle of Armageddon and the Antichrist has broken his covenant with the Jews and has gathered the greatest mass of military forces ever known to mankind to fight against Jerusalem and against the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But this battle will come to an abrupt end when Jesus Christ shall be revealed from heaven. For the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 19, it said, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat upon him was call faithful and true and in the righteousness he shall judge and make war his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no one knew except him he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen and white and clean followed him on white horses for the antichrist gathers the forces of the earth together against the host of heaven. The king of kings, the kings of the earth, make war against the Lord, the Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to ask this question tonight. Who is going to be with Jesus Christ when he returns to the earth to establish his kingdom? I'm so excited to be able to answer that question with this answer. It's going to be the saints of God who are caught up with him in the rapture. I'm glad to know that I'm going to be there and I'm going to be part of the victory. Can you really think about this? How many times have you went to war with the devil and felt like you come out beat up and you came up depressed and you came out on the short end of the deal and you just felt like that you just didn't do what you wanted to do and didn't accomplish what you want to accomplish? I want you to think about the day that Jesus Christ bust open those skies and he comes forth on that white stallion and the church the saints of God, the born-again believers, those that are blood-bought and washed by the Lamb, my friend, those are going to be with him. That's us. I'm going to be there to see the devil defeated and to see the Antichrist torn down. I'm going to be there to see the final victory and the final power that's going to come forth and bring victory to the church, to Jesus Christ and the body of Christ.
Christ. For Zechariah tells us in chapter 14, verse 5, Then the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with him. Revelations 19 and 14 said, And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. You see, not only is the revelation of Jesus Christ predicted, but the very place where Jesus Christ will come back to fight the battle of Armageddon is predicted. You see, Zechariah began to prophesy and began to tell us of this day in chapter 14, verse 4. He said, In that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall split in two, and from the east to the west, making a very large valley, and half the mountain shall move toward the north, and half of it toward the south. The Mount of Olives, where Jesus Christ gave his first disclosure concerning the time of his coming. Here he sat with the people of Israel, standing and sitting around, listening to him teach, as he began to tell them of a day that he was going to come back, a day that he was going to return, a day that victory was going to come with him, and the end of the world would take place. It'll be the same scene, the same backdrop for this magnificent event as he begins to return to the earth. You see, his coming shall have such a traumatic effect upon nature and upon the Mount of Olives. The Bible said that it'll split in two. His coming will be fulfilled the words of Daniel in chapter 2, verse 35, when he said, The stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. When the glory of Jesus Christ comes forth, when he comes out riding on that white horse, and the power of God is revealed, my friend, it's going to fill up the whole earth. There's going to be no need for the sun to shine. There's not going to be any need for the moon or the stars because everything's going to be lit up. Everything's going to be shining from the glory of the power of Jesus Christ who is that stone. It is Jesus Christ who is the chief cornerstone. It'll destroy and tear down all the kingdoms of the world to pave the way for righteousness. You see, when Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven go out against the Antichrist, and the armies of the earth. The Bible said in Revelations chapter 19, verse 15, he said, Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it should strike the nations. Just one word from the lips of the king of kings and the armies of the world will perish. Their bodies will be left as a feast for the birds of the air. The beast and the false prophet are taken and cast alive into the lake of fire. Simultaneously with this event, an angel from heaven puts Satan under an arrest. As you read in Revelations 20 and 1 through 3, then he said, I saw an angel coming down from heaven and having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, which is the devil, Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and he shut him up and set a seal on him that he should be not deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. You see, after Christ has conquered the Antichrist and Satan is bound for a thousand years, 
those who were beheaded for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, which is those that gave their life during the tribulation period. They are going to be raised back to life again. For Revelations 20 and 4 in the last part of that verse said, Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their forehead or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now we come to the millennial reign of Christ. What is a millennium? The millennium simply means that the rule of Jesus Christ over this earth and over the nations and the people of the earth for a period of 1,000 years. Think about it. Many people have in their mind that when the battle of Armageddon's over and Jesus Christ wins the battle, Satan is locked into the bottomless pit, a seal's put on him, and he's locked away for a thousand years. A lot of people had it in their mind that we were going to dwell in heaven and there was going to be a heavenly place there and we were going to spend it all there. But that's not how it's going to happen. Jesus Christ is coming back the second time here upon this earth to set up his kingdom right here on the earth and this is where we're going to go through the thousand year reign this is going to be where it's going to come why is a millennium necessary why does Jesus Christ not just end everything when he comes back to earth why is he coming back and ruling over this earth for a thousand years there's about three different reasons the first reason is because the earth belongs to Christ it belongs to him by right. Jesus Christ was there at creation and created the world and man. But you see, friend, when the, in the fall of man in the garden, man gave the world to Satan. Man obeyed Satan instead of God. And when he did, that brought evil and that brought sin into the earth. Therefore, Jesus Christ has to reclaim the earth and bring the righteousness to the earth. He has to do it while the earth is in its present form. Why is the millennium necessary? Because God has to fulfill all the promises to man that are in the Word. Now let me say this before I go any further. There's not any promises in the Word that I know of or I can find that's got to come to pass before the rapture takes place. But there are some things that's got to come to pass before the fulfillment of the thousand-year reign. In order for him to fulfill the promises of God, Jesus Christ has to come back to this earth while it's in its present form, and God, and God made some wonderful and great promises all through the Scripture that's not yet been fulfilled, but they cannot be fulfilled without Christ ruling and reigning here upon the earth in this present form. Why is the millennium necessary? Because God is love you see friend God is going to give man the very presence of his son in his majestic glory ruling and reigning from Jerusalem you see friend he came one time and he was rejected 
He came to save the lost souls of this world. He came to bridge the gap between man and the Heavenly Father that a relationship would be restored. Even though there were many that reviled him and rejected him, cursed him and spit upon him, hung him upon a cross, but yet he hung upon the cross that we would be redeemed, that we would have eternal life, that we would have hope and mercy and grace. But my friend, he's going to let his son come and reign upon this earth in his majesty in all of his glory and he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem you see God is going to give man his utopia upon the earth or his paradise with the peace and prosperity upon all that are there and present for the thousand year reign you see when the millennium when will the millennial reign of Christ begin Christ will begin to reign right after the victory at Armageddon. For Revelations 19 and verse 6 and 7 said, I heard as it were the voices of a great multitude and as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. He is in control. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. His wife has made herself ready. The church, the bride of Christ, is white and spotless and righteous. It doesn't have a blemish or a recall, but yet it's been made clean and righteous and pure. And now we have the marriage supper of the Lamb that's going to reign and rule and we're going to be part of for a thousand years. It's going to be a time of rejoicing. It's going to be a time of sitting and saying hallelujah. It's going to be a time of praise. We've cried enough. We've been depressed enough. We've been through battles enough. We've fought the devil enough. The battle's going to be over. Victory's going to be won. The devil's going to be bound for a thousand years. Prosperity and peace is going to be upon the earth. And the power of God is going to rule and reign with the saints. That's what's going to take place. You see, Christ will rule and judge the ends of the earth. For the Bible prophesied and said in 1 Samuel 2 and 10, The adversary of the Lord shall be broken to pieces, and out of heaven shall, be, shall there be thunders upon them. And the Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and exalt the horn of his anointed. The psalmist David wrote in Psalm 72 and 8, and he said, He shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. Not only will Christ rule and judge the ends of the earth, but Christ will bring peace and security to the world. Isaiah began to talk about it in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 7. As he said, of, of the increase of his government and the peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it uh, and to establish it with judgment and with justice uh, from henceforth uh, forevermore. He said, the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. We're going to be living in total peace, total security. He said in Isaiah 2 and 4, And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn of war anymore. This is going to be a time of great peace. 
a time that we're not going to have to worry about fear and harm, discouragement, depression, and battles. All we've got to do is worship and magnify and reign with Christ for a thousand years. What will life be like in the millennium? Life during the millennium is going to be a blessed time. It's going to be a time of rejoicing. There will be worldwide peace. Leviticus 26 and 6 says, And I will give peace in the land, and you will, you will lie down, and no one will make you afraid, and I will rid evil beasts of the land, and neither will the sword go through your land ever again. Isaiah 68:18 said, Violence shall no more be heard in the land. He said, There's not going to be any more violence. There's not going to be any more fear. You're not going to lay down at night and be afraid. You're not going to lay down at night and have to wonder if you remembered to set the alarm on the house. You're not going to have to lay down at night and wonder if somebody's out stealing your goods out of the yard. You're no longer going to have to worry or be afraid that if you get into the bad side of town that you're going to be attacked or you're going to be overcome because there's not going to be a bad side of town. Every side's going to be a good side. You see, there'll be rest for all, and no one will ever be afraid. Isaiah 14 and 3 said, And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will give you rest from your sorrow and from your fears. Can you imagine what it's going to be like to never be afraid? Never have fear grip your heart again. Never be worried about anything again. Never to take on any worries while you're here. Not only will there never be any more fear and we'll have rest, but it said there will be no tears nor sorrow during the millennium, just joy and praise. You see, Isaiah said in 25 and 8, he said he will swallow up death in victory and the Lord God will wipe away the tears off of all faces and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth and the Lord has spoken it. In Isaiah 51 and 11, he said, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall be upon their head and they shall have gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning will flee away it'll be gone it'll be out of sight it'll never happen again there'll never be a day of mourning there'll never be a day that a cloud will hang over your head there'll never be another spirit of depression that will attack your life there'll never be a need for a drug or an antidote for bipolar disease there'll never be anything that you'll have to be overcome with by medication but the power that you'll have and the glory of the presence of God will bring victory and power and anointing by the presence of the Lord. No tears, no sorrow, nothing but joy and praise. That's going to be a magnificent place. Not only will there be no sorrow, no tears, but there will be no sickness. Exodus 23 and 25, as he prophesied, he said, You shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and your water, and he will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Isaiah chapter 35, verse 5 and 6, as Isaiah began to pen and begin to write of the future event that would come upon the earth, he said, The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, and then shall the lame man leap like a deer, 
and the tongue of the dumb shall sing a song and shall exalt the Lord with praise and magnify him and glorify him. That's going to be a time of rejoicing. That's going to be a time of praise and magnification. Not only would there be no sickness, but there will be no shame and no guilt will be there. It will all be removed. For Joel 2 and 26 said, And you shall know that I am the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else, and my people shall never be ashamed. You'll never walk down another street with your head hung low. You'll never walk down into another building and feel right that you've got something that you need to be ashamed of. But your sins have been forgiven. They've been blotted out. They've been covered by the blood of the Lamb. You've been robed in a white robe, spotless and pure. You've been given the right place of reigning with Christ and judging the earth. You've been given what's needed. There'll never be a need for shame or guilt upon the earth again. Not only will there be no shame or guilt, but it'll be a day of mercy. You see, Isaiah wrote in chapter 16, verse 5. He said, And in mercy shall the throne be established, and he shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David, judging and seeking judgment, and hasting in righteousness. In mercy shall the throne be established. God said, There's nothing but my mercy that's going to be established. It's going to be glorified. It's going to be magnified, the mercy of the grace of Jesus Christ. All things will be restored, even the cities that were destroyed during tribulation. We'll swap one out with a cord. You see, all things will be restored. Even the cities that were destroyed during the tribulation. For Isaiah wrote in chapter 61, verse 4, he said, And they shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolation, and they shall repair the waste cities and the desolation of many generations. He said, I'm going to rebuild all of the old waste areas. I know we've talked about and we've preached about all the things that was going to come upon the earth during the seven-year period of tribulation, the battle of Armageddon we preached about this morning, and you can imagine the destruction that's going to take place in such a massive war and such a massive and intense battle, but God said, that's okay, it's going to be all right because I'm going to rebuild it, I'm going to make it better than it was, I'm going to give you a place to rule and reign, and you're going to be blessed upon the earth. Not only will all things be restored, but all the animals of the earth will live together in peace. Now get a, hold, get a load of this. Isaiah 65 and 25. Isaiah wrote and said, The wolf and the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the bullock. Dust shall be the serpent's meat, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, says the Lord. Can you imagine 
the wolf, the prey of the lamb, the one that's always trying to sneak into the flock, the one that's always trying to cause destruction and death and sadness and always trying to lame the body of Christ. It's no longer going to happen. The wolf and the lamb is going to feed together and the lion, the king of the jungle that's always been the meat eater, is no longer going to have a taste for meat and blood but it's going to eat straw like the bullock. Can you imagine how this is going to work upon the earth? Not only will the animals of the earth live together in peace, but all believers will rule and reign with Christ. Revelations 3 and 21 said to him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne. Even I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Revelation 5 and 10 said, and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign upon the earth. We're not just going to be mere servants. We're not just going to be people that's just going to be uh, ebbing by. We're not going to just be doorkeepers. We're not going to be just the people that's just going to exist. But we're going to rule and reign. And he said, I'm going to make you kings and priests. And you're going to sit with me in my throne. And you're going to reign upon the earth. That's the blessings of being part of the righteous, redeemed, the body of Christ, the church of the living God. It's bought with a price, covered by the blood and the spotless, and wearing the spotless garment. This is going to be part of our inheritance. You see, the Bible says in Matthew 24 and 27, For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. When he comes, he will consume the Antichrist with the spirit of his mouth. He will destroy him with the brightness of his coming. He is the victorious lamb. The kingdoms of the world shall become the kingdoms of the Lord, and he shall forever and ever reign as king of kings and lord of lords. I ask you this evening, do you want to reign with him? Do you want to have a spot with him? Do you want to be a part of that kinship? Do you want to be a part of that lineage if you do my friend it's our right you can reign with Christ in his kingdom all we have to do is surrender our heart and say God here I am God I want you to forgive me for my sins I want no spot or blemish upon my garment I want nothing to live in my life I want there to be no wrong or disagreement or discord in my heart. I want there to be no cause for any man to have ill feelings toward me. All I want to know is Jesus Christ and him crucified, resurrected, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and that I may be able to rule and reign with him in victory for a thousand years. I'm looking forward to the time that finally the rule and the reign of Christ takes place and the kingdom of God and those that are born again, those that are blood-bought, those that are washed by the blood of the Lamb is going to spend eternity and we're just going to start out with a thousand years. That's going to be a wonderful time. That's going to be a joyous time when there's going to be nothing but peace and the power and the glory and the majesty of Jesus Christ that's going to fill the earth. I want to ask you tonight, 
Do you want to reign with him? Do you want your spot in that heavenly kingdom? Would you stand to your feet with me tonight? I want us to join together in prayer tonight. And I want us one more time to ask the Lord to touch and minister in our hearts. I have felt more of a burden in the last two weeks than I felt in 32 years of ministry. I believe with all of my heart that God is preparing the body of Christ for the day that He's going to split the eastern sky. He's not going to come and rule at first, but He's going to make His appearance to every born-again believer that's asked that His sins be forgiven and covered by the blood of the Lamb. I believe that He's going to step out. and I believe the trumpet's going to sound, and when it does, all the graves of the earth are going to split open. The soul of every believer that died in Christ is going to be resurrected. It doesn't matter if they've been dead for a hundred thousand years. It doesn't matter how long they've been in the grave. The grave will no longer hold them. It'll no longer contain them. It can't contain the power of Jesus Christ and the resurrecting power of the power of God. They're going to come out. It doesn't matter if they died in a military plane over an ocean, over nowhere, and their body parts were scattered for a hundred miles. When that trumpet sounds, every part of their body is going to come back together, and they're going to be resurrected, and they're going to live again and reign with Christ for a thousand years. It doesn't matter what sickness they died with. It doesn't matter what sickness plagued their body. When the trumpet sounds, there's going to be no sickness that's going to be able to contain them. No sickness that's going to bind them. No sickness that's going to hold them back. But all of that's going to be passed away and they're going to receive the glorified body of Jesus Christ and they're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. But not only is the dead going to be resurrected, but those that are alive and looking are going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. In just an instant, we're going to be changed into a glorified body, a body that's no longer plagued with arthritis, a body that's no longer bothered with high blood pressure and diabetes and cancer. All those things are going to be passed away because all things are going to be new and we're going to have a glorified body in Jesus. We're going to be like Him. We're going to have a brand new body. We're not going to have to worry about glasses bifocals, contacts. We're not going to have to worry about hearing aids. We're not going to have to worry about canes and walkers and wheelchairs. But our body is going to be brand new. And we're going to be exalted with the Lord. We're going to be together with a brand new body. We're going to rule and reign with Him. That's going to be a glorious time.